welcome to the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hogan. As someone who grew up in a pretty scarce environment and came out of college with a lot of debt, stuff, and insecurity, I thought that was just the lot I had to deal with in life. After several years of this, I decided that there had to be another way and gave away over half of my stuff, started working on my debt, and began looking at things through a lens that focused on my values and not what I thought others thought I should be doing. This podcast is all about the journey that happens from wanting to wealthy, and I'm so glad you decided to be part of it. Thank you to all of my current and future Patreon supporters. Patreon tiers start as little as a dollar a month, and depending on the tier you choose, you can get discounts to upcoming events and workshops, as well as being part of the community of individuals and families working to change their money story through actions, support, and accountability. If you're ready to become a Patreon member, go to patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. This month's podcast um, is about food. Again, we're going to talk about meal prepping. And on December 15th, my podcast guest is um, a Tupperware lady. And we're going to talk, we're going to continue the conversation about meal prepping and the cost of single use versus disposable um, products when it comes to both our health and our uh, pocketbooks and our um, zero waste or our waste footprint. So for today's episode, um, we're all about meal prepping today. So, you know, we've all seen the uh, Pinterest posts about meal prepping, freezer meals, slow cooker meals, canning, and all the other ways that people claim that you can save time and then consequently money each day of the week. Regardless of your opinion on these things, these tricks do actually save us money. Um, how? First and foremost, decision fatigue. Decision fatigue is real. We've talked about it before um, uh, on this podcast. And it's the idea that the more decisions you make in a day, the worse your decision making gets. Which means that when we have made decisions for getting dressed and what we're having in our lunch today and decisions for work and decisions around our kids and decisions about what bills we're paying and all the other life decisions that we make, um, when it comes to now, okay, what's for dinner, we're tired and we've been making decisions all day. So we make or can make poorer choices if this isn't planned ahead of time such as going out for fast food, um, ordering Uber Eats or Grubhub or something like that, Um, eating highly processed sugary foods or not eating at all, i.e. maybe you just have a few beers instead of actually having food. Um, And all of these things cost money and typically they cost way more money than just making food at home. Um, And not only do they cost more money In the particular moment, like today, I had made a plan with my son about going to lunch with him, and we got a burger and fries, and it cost us $15. We didn't even get the drink. 
it was just a burger and fries and it was a lot of money but um on top of that there is uh long-term health impacts if we're eating like this all the time if we're constantly consuming sugar constantly going without eating constantly consuming consuming highly processed foods um we have long-term health impacts that I'm not even going to touch on in this episode uh, because it's just such a large thing uh, that needs to be addressed separately. So um, let alone the time it takes. It took us about 20 minutes to get our hamburger today. And um, if I had brought us food instead, but we had a funky day. And so we planned that we were going to do this. And that's the thing I want you to keep in mind is we planned this. Um, if I had brought us food, it definitely would have cost less money um, today overall. Um, but I just wasn't sure how some of the things were going to go today. So I planned on, on going out to eat with him. Um, but if time is money and we spend less time cooking or less time going through a fast food line or uh, less paying less for someone else's time via Grubhub and Uber Eats, then we can assume that less cooking equals saving us money as well, right? So the example I'm going to give is, let's say you spend one hour cooking seven days a week for just your dinners, okay, for your family. That's seven hours of your time. So to figure out the cost you want to multiply the number seven by how much you get paid, or if you're a stay-at-home parent, how much would it cost you to have the sitter do this for you, or how much um, are you worth? And sometimes uh, we, we tie a lot of, we have a hard time tying our self-worth to numbers, and we shouldn't do that, um, but the way I equate that for stay-at-home parents is how much would you have to pay for somebody else to watch your kid for you to go to work? And that's a, a decent-ish number, but at the very least, give yourself minimum wage, at the very least, but you should probably be a lot higher than that. So now, so you've got that number in your head, however much you're worth an hour times seven days, okay? Seven hours. And that doesn't include lunch. We're only talking about dinner. Now, if you meal prep on a weekend for four hours and it covers all of your dinners and maybe even some of your lunches, you've just saved yourself three hours of time. So whatever your time number is, you've now cut that almost in half, right? So we'll talk about um, other items uh, as we go through this and in the conclusion, but that's just the, the time aspect of it because I think a lot of us forget to consider that our time is valuable. It's the reason that when we're younger, we might wash our own vehicle, and then when we're older and we're making more money, um, we send our vehicle through a car wash is because the 10 minutes it takes us to go through the car wash is as good of a wash job as what we could do when we were 18 years old, but we our, our time is more valuable now, right? So remember to consider time. So things, ways, ways that we can meal prep. Freezer meals. Freezer meals, you can see those all day long on Pinterest, right? So 
with freezer meals, meals, we can do a few things. We can buy in bulk, which generally costs less and creates less packaging waste. Um, and we can catch sales or buy seasonal items when they're in season, so we're paying less and we're getting fresher fruits and vegetables um, that freeze well. So things like nuts freeze well eggs freeze well and really well if you're going to use them for like scrambles or quiches just crack them out of the shell into whatever container you're using they thicken up a little bit but you can totally freeze them so the eggs most people don't know that you can freeze take them out of the shell plan on using them for like scrambled eggs or something um cheese freezes really well fruits uh especially if you're going to use those fruits for for smoothies um vegetables freeze really well um and then of course meats freeze really well so things that you can buy when they're on sale or when they're um when uh, or when they're in bulk uh and then not have to um buy them on the regular um the way we found out about the eggs is my father-in-law had chickens for a while and for some reason he didn't really eat the eggs but he had like 10 chickens and so he sent me home with like eight dozen eggs one time and at the time it was just me and my husband and i was not gonna go through eight dozen eggs before they all went bad so i froze them in containers for just what we would eat in a meal or two and or in a week if we were meal prepping and then that way uh i still got to use all of these free eggs um but it didn't and none of it went bad right so i didn't have to buy eggs for like six months okay um freezer meals also work, work really really well for um crock pot or slow cooker meals so you can just grab one out put it in the slow cooker before you go to work and uh and then it's just ready when you get home so especially on days when you're gonna have a late afternoon or your kids have an after school activity or something like that to toss it in the um crock pot ahead of time super fast um and you can prep a whole bunch at once and you can do it in a few different ways i've seen people do it in um tins so you can get the the uh, aluminum tins at the dollar tree and then you can reuse those because you can wash them when you're done with your casserole or whatever you made um you can put them into gallon bags um reusable gallon bags of course are better it makes it less expensive you can put them in tupperware freezer safe tupperware um you can put them in to uh mason jars if you leave room at the top for stuff to expand you can put stuff in mason jars we freeze soup and soup works really well in mason jars so uh you know we make a bunch of soup in like a slow cooker or in um the pressure cooker and then we can it and or we put it in the cans if we don't have time to just can it can it um or we don't want to we just toss it in the freezer in the mason jars um and the cool part about the freezer with the mason jars is you don't have to have fresh lids so um you can reuse the lids that you've already got at home so things like that uh work really well for going into the freezer um canning so if you have any really goofy um 
uh, allergies in your home, canning is awesome for this. For example, in our house, we have an oregano allergy and a garlic allergy. Not the same person, of course. Um, I know somebody else who's allergic to onions. Um, I don't eat uh, gluten, which is a little easier to navigate around. But especially garlic, it is in, in freaking everything. So broth, commercial broths have garlic and a lot of times they have sugar which we don't need extra sugar. So um, barbecue sauce, same thing. Pickles, same thing. Seasoning packets. We can't buy any of that stuff commercially because we can't use it in my household, right? So canning has been huge for us on all of these fronts because we can now have broth for soups and uh, slow cooker meals and um, casseroles um, that is safe, sugar-free, um, and then, you know, we've put all the ingredients into it. And a lot of times you can do things with scraps. You can do things like not have... Um, like have all of your your vegetable scraps and um, maybe the bones from your turkey over Chris over Thanksgiving. I'm recording this right after Thanksgiving, um, and various other things. Uh, you can then um, pressure cook it down or long over the long time cook it, uh, and it breaks down and leaves a lot a lot of nutrients. And then just run it through a sieve, and you can can that broth. And uh, it's super good for your body. And, um, and then it doesn't have any of the things that you might have uh, sensitivities to. Plus then we're using food scraps that would just normally end up in the trash or compost um, to then create more food. Uh, so we also have a garden so we can also preserve the food that we grew through the summer, winter, or excuse me, summer, spring, fall, um, for winter use via, uh, we do a lot of canning. We can also freeze things. We can dehydrate things or we can do cold storage for things like potatoes and squashes and stuff like that. And I know that canning, if anybody's listening, um, who grew up in, you know, even in the 60s and 70s, you may like have like PTSD flashbacks over canning because a lot of the boomer generation did canning on like massive scales along with the um, Great Depression era people because that was a way for them to to have all the food they needed. My dad has canning P PTSD because um, the, the quarter acre lot that my parents live on now used to be a garden. The whole thing used to be a garden for my dad's family. And so they had obviously tons and tons and tons and tons of time in the garden in the summertime. And then the fall, they were processing, 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 processing on all the canning stuff. And so then they don't want to do it, which I don't blame them at all. So here are some tips so canning is not so scary, all right? Only process one thing at a time. So I would only process um, one, uh, so one pot of bone broth or uh, one pot of um, uh, fruit preserves or one pot of pickles. So then you're not there for 
days and days and days, you're there for like two hours, right? Um, you can process or you can can with a friend or can with friends. So then only one of you has to own a can or only one of you has to own the, the, the uh, grippy handle things to pull the cans out. Um, and you get to hang out with your friends and then you guys split the cost of buying the, the uh, vegetables or whatever you're canning and, uh, and the lids and stuff like that. Uh, and then you have a friend uh, uh, to hang out with or two. Um, you can can for gifts. So things like salsas, jams, fruit butters, juices, those are all things I've been given over the holidays or have given to others. Um, dry can uh, items I've been given are like cookies in a jar where all the dry ingredients are there and you just have to add like your eggs and butter and stuff. And then they've given you an activity to do with your family. Um, and you're not getting yet more things right away. And then other things like soups and broths work really well as get well presents. Um, you're not going to a store and trying to get a soup. You can bring something that you've personally made. Um, and you can can these items um, and so get the canning items used. Estate sales uh, are a great place to get them um, when they're going out on clearance during the fall time is a good time to get them. Uh, and then also um, you can see it on like buy nothing, secondhand, Facebook, stuff like that. Um, the only thing that you don't want to buy used are the lids or know that you're going to have to buy more lids because when you can, you want fresh lids, not the rings, but the lid part itself um, that haven't been through the canning boiling process before. Otherwise, um, they may not seal. Third on, on my list here today is weekly meal prepping. This is where my family thrives. Um, we do... Um, we plan our meals usually uh, for the week, usually about three meals uh, with leftovers, uh, larger than what you would normally make at one time. And so it goes something like this for us. So we check to see what our current stocks are, um, like how much do we have from the previous week's meal planning left over, and, uh, and then we plan out the following week's um, meals on Tuesday. And part of this planning process also includes who's going to be home to eat, um, who's planning to eat out for the week, uh, or uh, for however many days, maybe um, the roommate is going to lunch with her with her dad, or maybe um, I'm doing a meeting where I know I'm going to eat at that meeting, things like that. So we kind of figure out how many meals we're going to end up um, needing for the following week and any other weird things that'll happen. Maybe somebody's out of town for a couple of days, stuff like that. Okay. Then we chop the following day from a list. Um, and then we prep large amounts of the three dishes on Friday, Saturday, Sunday of that week, kind of depending on what day we're running low on food. If we're still really stocked up on Friday, we might wait till Sunday to, to actually do our meal prepping for the following week. Sometimes we'll do it based upon what we've got going on that weekend. Um, but it shifts a little bit. Um, 
And then uh, we, from there, we can choose whatever we want out of those three meals to eat for lunches and dinners for the week. Um, we don't cook throughout the week. Rarely, if ever, do we actually cook throughout the week. Um, we do have some backups for if we misjudged how many meals we were going to have or something like that. So we have uh, frozen and canned soups. Um, and then we have small, small amounts of things like chips and beans and cheese so we can make some... some uh, uh, nachos or, uh, some mac and cheese or some ramen. I'm not saying we're perfect. We definitely do eat, um, a little more processed items occasionally. Um, but we really do try to have the bulk of what we're consuming be the, uh, the meal prepping stuff that we've done. Okay. Um, so we do that weekly. You could do this. You could do this every couple of weeks, but it's really hard because food starts to go bad. Um, so maybe if you only wanted to do this every couple of weeks and you've done eight or 10 freezer meals, you can, um, intermingle the freezer meals with the fresh prepped meals to make it last a little longer, kind of up to you. Um, and then, so kind of in conclusion, um, when researching this episode, I found that on average, of course, we have to account for where you live and um, the time of year it is, if you live in a food desert, um, if if you have access to, to um, farmer's markets and things like that. On average, um, yearly meal prepping for dinners alone saves you about $2,600. Okay. Then if you also stop buying lunches out at again, an average of $10 a meal, which in my opinion is low considering I just spent $15 for a burger and fries with my son. And it wasn't like we each got it. It was, that was it. Like the prices have gone up. So if it's just $10 per meal on average, um, then you're going to save another $2,600. That's over $5,000 just by taking uh, time to prep your meals ahead. Now, that doesn't include the average, um, say, like I said, the, the example at the beginning was that three hours, the average of three hours, and we'll say that you're making just 15 bucks an hour on um, times, uh, so that's $45 of value of time you're getting back every single month, um, which equates out to another almost $2,600, $2,340. So now you're rounding $10,000 um, for savings in your, in your uh, annual expenses just by doing um, your, your prep work early. Uh, like I said, we're going to continue this conversation, um, with how we can look at, um, lowering the cost of the items that we're using to store all of this food. Um, but, uh, we'll look at that with the guests on December 15th. So, um, the best ways to save money through pe through meal prepping include meal planning. So plan what you're eating first, 
then shot from your fridge, your pantry, and your freezer. I do this about once a month. I will go into my free freezer or um, like we just, we just got a, a steer that we had butchered. So we needed to go through the freezers and we found that we had a bunch of fruit that we had processed and that hadn't done anything with. Like when I say a bunch, I mean like 75 cups of fruit. So we spent a couple of hours uh, one evening, cleaned out a bunch of the freezer. And with all of that, we processed it and turned it all into cobbler filling that we then put on the shelf uh, because we canned it where we could see it. And if you're a person that out of sight, out of mind, freezer stuff might not be the best option for you, especially if you have a lot of freezer space. Um, but check your freezer, check your pantry, check your fridge. See what you have that you haven't already used that you don't want to go bad that doesn't have a that doesn't have a purpose already. And use build meals around that. So another thing we're doing this week is we're going to try making our own um, refried meats. We don't we normally get buy those canned, but we're going to try making our own because we have a whole bunch of dried beans that are taking up space in our pantry that have been there for like a year. So. Um, we're shopping our pantry first, right? Then only buy what you need for this week's meals. Or if you have it in your budget, you can make the exception that if it's something is on sale and can be processed for future use, um, then you can save future monies by, say, buying cheese because it's on sale or whatever the case may be. Um, so then after you've done those things, you've got your list, uh, you've checked your freezer and whatnot, um, you, you know what you're buying. We're going to shop, look for, uh, local seasonal items first because they tend to have the lowest markup. I literally have a paper on the side of my fridge that I rotate, rotate out, um, based on season that is, uh, that, that has what vegetables and fruits are in season in my area for each season of the year. So then I know because I'm looking at that list, what I should be building my meals around and what I should be looking for for fruits and vegetables um, at the store because if they're, they're local, so I can get them from the farmer's market or they've just traveled less. They've got less pesticides on them, things like that, because they didn't come from another country. Um, and I'm buying something that is made right here where I live. Right. Um, and then uh, if you can't go to a farmer's market, then you go to the chain grocery store. From the chain grocery store, if you have an option to buy bulk items, remember jars and bags to contain your bulk items. Um, like one of the, the grocery stores here local, several of them in fact have like um, uh, containers that you can get coffee, um, cereal, uh, dry goods, rice, quinoa, um, you can get uh, uh, noodles and things like that out of bulk bins. So now you're dealing with less packaging. And again, because it was purchased in bulk, the cost is going to go down. Um, if after you have gone through your pantry and freezer, you have gone local and seasonal, you have bought in bulk, you can then go to store brand items. 
And then last, buying name brand items. Um, buying store brand, typically speaking, they are manufactured by a recognizable name brand and then the stores put their label on it. Um, one of my prime examples of this is when I was in college, uh, I found out that treetop apple juice uh, processed for, I believe, Safeway. They made Safeway brands. It was select apple juice. And um, I had battled it out with uh, my boyfriend at the time um, because he was certain that they were different. And I had to prove to him that the back of the Safeway container that was half the price said processed and packaged by treetop because a lot of times you get that less expensive if you're not buying that brand name so um i gave you a bunch of information um take what works for you don't try and do freezer canning and daily meal prep or uh, weekly meal prep all at once because you're going to get really overwhelmed but maybe start with okay, I'm going to have a girls' night and we're going to make salsa and can it together. Or we're going to make, I'm going to make a soup, but instead of making a soup for four people in my family, I'm going to make maybe 20 servings, freeze two or three mason jars of it, and then have it throughout the week for the rest of us. Something like that. Um, pick one item and go with that first. And then... Um, add something else in if it works for you. Thank you so much for supporting myself and the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. For more free content, consider signing up for the monthly newsletter at wantingtowealthy.com slash subscribe. Please share the podcast with someone you think can get value from it and screenshot yourself listening and share it on social media. I would love it if you tag me at Wanting to Wealthy when you do. If you are ready to take the next step for yourself and your financial journey, become a community member at patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. The Wanting to Wealthy podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by myself, Ashley Hogan.